time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos. We got plenty to get into today. Coming up, we'll take our tour around the state and talk with a couple of talk show hosts like Scott Prather at the bottom of the hour, Sean Fox at 215C. How they're holding up when it comes to the Saints and their local teams as well. Also, Pelicans back in action tonight. Big one for them as well. They're all big. I'm going to say that all the time, right? In all honesty, uh, Toronto 11 and 9 on the season. Pelicans 12 and 8 on the year. 7 and 3 here at home. 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. So that's a good thing. And that's something that we'll be keeping an eye on as we will continue to have those conversations here. Also, one of the things that I'm looking forward to from you guys is thoughts and questions or comments, right? Real easy. 800-998-1003. Buddy will take your phone calls over on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Don't forget 10% if you mention me, the show name, that you heard it on the show, on any of the services, chiropractic services, also late view massage and therapy as well. If you're thinking of gift cards or thinking you want a massage as well, 10% 10%, man. Go get it done. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's get stupid. Today's more that, what, that camera Wednesday hump day. Is that what it is? It is. Shock G, the digital underground. Current. Fox NFL analyst Sean Payton. Soon to be head coach somewhere, right? We all know that's coming. Go ahead and give us that first round draft pick, baby. Give us that first round pick. Anyway, Caleb the Camel in there as well. It is the midway point of your work week. Some words of wisdom for you. Indeed. Coming up on today's show at 12.15, next segment... Danny Farrell, head coach of your New Orleans Jesters, will go over the big win by Team USA yesterday. If you saw late last night some video of the team arriving back at their hotel after the win, what was cool to see was Christian Pulisic there filming via his phone the team arriving and then realizing he's there. They're all hugging him. He posted some photos from the hospital. It was precautionary. But in the post on Instagram, it said, I will see y'all on Saturday. They take on the Netherlands, 9 a.m. local time. So that is a great, great sign and post. A, you saw him. B, more importantly, he tweeted, I'll see you Saturday. So he's expected to play. But it'd been a big loss if he couldn't play. We'll see if Sargent can go as well. He was injured uh, and left early in that match yesterday. The ending was something else. Iran was crying for fouls for those nine minutes of stoppage time. We'll talk to Coach about what he saw yesterday, how big that win is, now moving into the knockout stage, and if they have any shot to take on uh, a pretty good team in the Netherlands. Scott Prather, as I mentioned, over there from the GOAT 103.3. Maybe we'll get him to do a couple of GOAT sounds as well. We'll chat with him. Ralph Marlborough. Oh, man. 
How is he handling the Saints this past weekend? Where to go moving forward? Huh? I don't know. Erin Summers will join us at 1.30. She's the team reporter for the Saints and the Pelicans. We'll get her thoughts on that. The Saints off today. Remember, Monday night football. Monday night football. So they get back to work tomorrow. Tomorrow's their Wednesday. Hopefully, again, we'll see what happens with Marshawn Lattimore, a couple of the other injury concerns, and, and see if some people get healthy or not. I know a lot of Saints fans are wondering, hey, are we making a switch at quarterback? Is it still Andy Dalton or not? So we'll, we'll see if any of that happens. And we'll also get her thoughts on the game coming up at the Smoothie King Center tonight. 7 o'clock is your tip time against the Toronto team. That's pretty good. They're a tough team. So it'll be interesting as, as shoot-around just wrapped up a little bit ago. CJ McCollum was out there working. He said he's not going to play. Having gone through COVID, he said he's got to get the conditioning back at it. So it's a good sign that maybe you'll see him Friday. Okay, It's a good sign for that um, when they take on the Spurs in San Antonio. The only road game, and if you remember back on Monday, six of the next seven I said were at home. So that's that's a good sign that uh, hopefully you'll get him back for San Antonio. And if not, for sure, you got to imagine he'll be ready to go when the team returns back on Sunday to face the Denver Nuggets, pretty good team so far this season. The next Wednesday week from today, it's Detroit. A week from Friday, the Suns. A week from Sunday, the Suns. See how many of those home games you can win. You're starting to get a home court advantage, which is nice. Again, 7-3 and three at home. And look, you're making some moves. You're making some waves. More importantly, you got to get every win you can right now. Pell's currently in the third spot in the Western Conference, 12-8. and eight. On the season, two games back of the Suns for first place, one game behind the Denver Nuggets. So, again, you got the Nuggets on Sunday, you got the Suns twice at home in the next couple of days. I'm just saying, you, you could really start to help separate yourself a little bit from 11 and 12, and it's not a lot, as I said. The worst team in the conference right now is Houston record-wise. They're only nine. Spurs are next at eight and a half. The Lakers... Uh, right above them, six and a half back, Thunder six and a half back, T-Wolves four and a half back, the 10 spots, the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Dantich is doing everything he can to try to win the MVP, I think in November. It's unbelievable. He had a 40 point triple double the third time he's done this, this season. But they're in the 10th spot. They're 10 and 10 this season, four and six in their last 10. Golden State's ninth, Utah's eighth, Portland seven, Sacramento six, Clippers five, Grizzlies four, Pels are three, Nuggets and Suns two and one. So that's your look at the standings. I know it's early, but tomorrow's December. You start another month here, and and look again. You keep looking at. You really haven't had a lot of games with your starting five, right? Brandon Ingram still recovering from the toe injury, and I think it was Will Guillory yesterday who posted uh, about you know the the, the games really that at Bi. Um, hasn't been a part of really, and and all of the different injuries that he's been kind of having to deal with so far this season. So we'll touch on that a little bit with Aaron, as well as again, it's kind of one of those things you you hope that he can come back soon, and when he does, I, I just want to see the starting five. I don't know, go a week, right? Three games, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or something uh, together as a unit, which which should make you feel better as a Pels fan from this standpoint. You haven't anywhere seen this team's potential yet, and they're going to get better once they continue to play together. 
I mean, I don't <laughs> really look at it from that perspective, but, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's cool. It's cool to kind of just see, uh, where they are. Now, Willie Green yesterday after practice spoke about after looking at the tape against the, the win back on Monday at this very say, good game plan, discipline, def- especially defensively on our part. And, um, that's what we want to do. We want to give ourselves a chance to win the games. Uh, we had guys out, so we had guys step up and play big. I thought Zion was great on um, both ends of the floor, finding his teammates offensively, rebounding the ball in the right places defensively. And collectively as a team, we just fought. And um, it, was, it was a really gutsy win on our home court. Yeah, no doubt. I think one of the other things as well is you saw the – I guess trust they had in the, in the young players. We talked about it yesterday a bit. I don't know if you missed it on the show, if you weren't listening, but it was brought up in the post game that Jose Alvarado was the oldest player in the final few minutes there of the game in which, uh, coach went with Dyson Daniels, just a bunch of young players. And he was asked about that. And normally when you don't have BI, you don't have CJ, you don't have Larry Nance, you don't have Najee Marshall. You probably would shorten your rotation and, and kind of go with more trusted veteran players or just players of that nature. That's not what he did. Though. Yeah, we, we believe in trusting our guys. Um, when someone's out, we don't want that to happen, but it's a part of the game. Other guys are ready to step in and play big for us. And I thought we did that across the board. Um, everybody that stepped in gave us something, gave us some good minutes, and that's what it takes to, to have a special team. Larry Nance, by the way, is available. That is official now by the team, and it is official that Najee Marshall and CJ are out for the game today. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on there. And again, Herb Jones getting a ton of attention in the last couple of days, especially with that defense that he did uh, against SGA, which, by the way, Andrew Lopez yesterday tweeted the old two-minute report came out by the NBA, you know, the um, the day after games, they come out and go, what should have been a call, what was not, things of that nature. Well, yesterday the NBA came out and said, OKC should have had a chance to tie the game last night with 2.3 seconds left because the big play that we were celebrating, and that was Herb Jones taking the charge, right? Do you remember what it sounded like from the graph? Game clock at 5, SGA drives with a left hand, and Herb took it! Blocking Fowler, charge! It's a charge! It's a charge! Herb Jones stood his ground! Gilgis Alexander plowed into him! Oh, I had to hold my breath! Well, the NBA came back and said it should have been a blocking foul. So, SGA, who had 18 free throws in that game, remember Zion had one, should have gone to the free throw line with the chance to tie. However... As Andrew tweets, the officials also missed not one, not two, but three calls in a final one minute and 15 seconds that should have given, guess what, the Pelicans free throws. Not one, not two, three calls in a minute 15, the final minute 15. You know, I don't know, when the game's being decided, you won by four. So, yeah, if you're a Pels fan, you're sitting there at the Smoothie King Center, and you kind of routinely, like you've been most of the season, going, what is going on here? Three calls. 
Three calls they should have sent Pelicans players to the free throw line. It wouldn't have mattered. Herb wouldn't have had to take the charge. He might have already, you know, gotten the game in the books or whatever. That's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, but look, it, look, here's the thing. I, I, and I know here especially in, in NOLA, um, we, we kind of have a tendency to feel that, that the officials wake up in the morning looking to find a way to mess over New Orleans. I, I get that. Um, <laughs> hence the no catch by Chris Olave on Sunday. I, I still don't know how that's not a catch, by the way. So I understand that. But if you've watched a lot of games, and and a lot of times, look, I'm not because I'm paying attention to the Pels, so I get that. But if you watch on nights that they're off, like last night, I mean, the officiating is just it, it's suspect right now in the NBA. It's just not very good. And I'm, look, I'm not saying they're out there making a little extra cash for Christmas. That that's not what I'm saying. Um, it's just not good calls. Is is the thing? And, and one thing. That I wonder if it's when when you keep seeing things like this that you're not going to hear being talked about because the NFL does a very good job of this. If they see a rule or something happening during the season, they'll address it with the competition committee and you'll see it, right? Last year a lot was the roughing the passer, things of that nature, the past interference and what's reviewable and not. I'm still shocked to this day the NBA in – a coach's challenge or a team challenge, even if it's correct, you lose your challenge and a timeout. You don't get it back. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, depending if you get it or not. But it's, to me, I don't understand that. If you're correcting a missed call by challenging, why do you lose your challenge for later on? Because you only get, you know, one. You're done. So... And again, these games are coming close. And I just went through the standings. I mean, Dallas is 10th, 10 and 10. They're pretty good. They probably have the MVP this year. All these teams, it, the, 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 the standings are jumbled from first to sixth, right? Phoenix to Sacramento. Phoenix has 14 wins. Sacramento has 10. Portland 11, Jazz 12. But they've lost more games than the Pels and Grizzlies, which is why. They're eighth, but they have the same amount of wins as the Pels and Grizzlies. They have more wins than the Kings. I mean, it's it's not a big separation, right? You do a seven and three stint and ten, eight and two, you're right back at the top. So these games matter. These calls matter. It's just incredible. But I had to pass that along to you because when I saw that yesterday after the show, I, I just, again, it, it's not it's not you. It's it's. You're, you're right. You know, when you're sitting there going, come on, that's, that, that's a foul. And the other things too, again, that, that's crazy is the way Herb Jones has been officiated this year. And a lot of times it's frustrating to see Shay Gilgis Alexander gets sneezed on and it's a foul and Zion goes the entire game, but in the final 44 seconds gets his first and only free throw. I just, it's just for, look, all players want, I think all fans want, just be consistent. Either you're going to let them all play, or if you're going to call the calls, call them evenly. But there you go. There you go. And the NBA's two-minute report, Herb Jones' big play should have been a foul. But they also missed three calls that would have sent the Pels to the free throw line. Let's talk a little soccer. Kenny Farrell coming up. 
next on ESPN New Orleans. Just to know how it feels. It's easy to say, but it's never the same. That death I kinda love the way you help me escape. Now the day During this holiday season, our thoughts turn gracefully to those who have made our progress possible. And in this spirit, we say sincerely thank you and best wishes for the holiday season and a happy new year from everyone at Ashley State Farm Insurance. At Bank Plus, local means more than a location. It means working with bankers who know and support your community. It means customer-first service you can count on day in and day out. More branches, more banking options, more technology. At Bank Plus, we're with you whenever, wherever you need us. Because local is a commitment, and it's our promise to you. Bank Plus, it's more than a name. It's a promise. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. If you've never been to a Rouse's Market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's. A grade C is just average. A grade B, better. But an A? An A is excellent. And an A is what Thibodeau Regional earned for patient safety from the LeapFrog Group, a leading healthcare quality and safety organization. This A in patient safety is yet another confirmation of Thibodeau Regional's commitment to providing patients with the highest quality, safest care. Performance today. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Making a big run. It's meant for him. Dest is stuck in behind. Dest in the middle. Pulisic scores! Might have paid the price, but the U.S. takes the lead. Dr. Josh Roulette was yelling. Over to the right of me where we were yesterday at Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic. And then I knew that the U.S. had scored a goal. Head coach Kenny Farrell of your New Orleans Jesters joins us. He joined us yesterday at halftime to give us his thoughts. The game did go final. Obviously, the U.S. win. They advanced to play the Netherlands. 9 a.m. on Saturday, knockout stage, win or go home. Coach, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm doing well, Gus. Feeling good about the U.S.A. right now. So, all is going well. <laughs> First, I think we start with the biggest news, and that is you saw the video yesterday of Christian Pulisic welcoming the team yeah. back to the team hotel. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. great to see. But even better, as I was watching Sports Center last night, he apparently posted on social media a photo from the hospital bed uh, of him saying, mm-hmm. "Everything's good. I will see you all on Saturday," which leads you to believe that he's going to play. That's a massive sigh of relief, yeah. huh? 
Yeah, well, if he can, and if he can be at full capacity, it is because he's one of the most impressive players we have right now. I mean, he's very exciting. Every time we get inside the, you know, the ball inside the box and he's there, it looks like he can do something. The United States has been creating chances, but not scoring a lot of goals. And I, I think we just need to, we, we need him on the pitch. He's in there causing problems in the final third, um, playing at his best. He looks very happy playing, you know, and as I said to you, Yesterday, and we've watched him over the last couple of years. He's had so many change of managers at his club, or head coaches at his club, that his form hasn't been at the best all the time. But he seems to be really happy playing right now. So to have him fully fit is very, very important to the USA on now, Saturday morning. Now, look, coach, you could probably watch as the game's unfolding and you see things on the pitch that I don't. And I'm mm-hmm. thankful for guys like Taylor Twillman on ESPN later at night where I can look at it. And he yeah. diagrammed and, and kind of diagnosed how that goal came to be and how it was set up from mm-hmm. two passes before that, but by the bottom yeah. of the field, purposely sending the ball to the top of the field to create space. And as that pass happened, before two mm-hmm. passes that led to the header, Christian Pulisic, I guess it was a play call or they just sort of knew what they were going to do because mm-hmm. you saw him take off running full speed, but two passes before yeah. that header even came. Can you kind of explain that yeah. to listeners? Yeah, so, look, what, what they did was they, they held the ball on one side of the field. They drew the defenders over to one side. And then what's called the blind side, a player pushed up on the blind side and uh, it went, it, 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 so there was a switch ball, the long pass, in the air, and it was knocked down. You could always see. For when, when Pulisic uh, took off to make his run, he was on the wrong side of both defenders. Well, he was about two two yards uh, um, the wrong side of them from the goal. And um, and but he knew where it was going. He knew exactly where it was going, and he was putting himself in there. And the player that was receiving the ball knew exactly where to put it to back in the space. So obviously, they work on dragging players and you know to one side of the field like right. opponents going in behind them. Ball's knocked down, and you could see that they knew exactly what they were doing by the way the movement uh, of the players were in the whole move. It was just an absolutely superb goal. It had everything about it. The execution was excellent. The, the driven pass to the to the blind side, um, to the player to knock it down and for Pulisic to go in and, and finish. It was all timed perfectly. It couldn't have been better. Look, as beautiful as that goal was, too, because he didn't have much time. It was a split second. He had to kick it with the right leg when the ball was like that. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. The header was even more incredible. I, I, I've never, you know, much less played soccer uh, or passed it like that on purpose, man. But that header, that pass off of someone's head, to me, was just as impressive. Yeah, it was. So the diagonal ball to hit, uh, that was executed perfectly. The header down was executed perfectly. And the finish was very brave and executed perfectly as well. He had to adjust his body, get there first, and he knew he was going to get hit. And he put it in the back of it. I don't think it gets much better than what we saw yesterday. That goal. All right. So that was the good part in that first half. But coach, here we go again. Second half, you're holding on to your breath because it, you knew Iran was going to try. All they had to do was tie the game and they move on. And That's right. man, those last nine minutes, look, they, they were complaining about fouls being called, things of that nature. But what, what is it about the U.S. that's in three games so far? They just seem to struggle in the second half. Is it other teams making the adjustments? Is it not good substitutions? We're going to get to Reina here in a second. But what is the issue, you think, through three games? Well, I, I don't know that you can relate that to the other two games. In that one, um, it, it came down to the last 10 minutes, and then they added, they added 10 minutes on, I think, after, you know, 10 minutes on to the 90. And what happens is 
they knew, you know that Iran needs to score goals, so they're taking much more risk. They're pushing much more players forward. They're getting the ball forward quicker. And you know that the USA want to take less risk because they're 1-0 up and they're going through if they keep the score. So what happens is you just naturally sit a little deeper, keep players behind the ball, and then you know Iran will keep sending players up and keep sending the ball in because it's not really about not really about the possession game anymore. It's about you've got 10 or 15 minutes left to create as many chances as you can. And the quickest way to do that is to get the ball in quickly into the box and take a lot of risk by pushing players up and pushing them in the box. I think it's pretty natural that that was going to happen. Now, if you're a much more superior team technically, you could probably keep the ball a little bit better uh, than they did. But, uh, you know, the way it happened, it didn't surprise me. I always knew we'd be hanging on. I think we said at halftime, we're going to need a couple of big saves from the goalkeeper. We're going to need a, a big, um, big performance by Tim Ream, which, to me, if it wasn't Pulisic, was the man of the match at the end. And uh, and we needed the holding midfielder to sit in there and, and right. keep his team organised behind the ball when they when they were coming forward. So to me, that was just a natural um, event that it was going to happen that way. If we were two 0 up, we could play a little differently. It's just psychological and tactical. Less risk on one side. The coaches bringing in a defensive player and. You know, the Iranians are bringing on more attacking players, and, and I just think it was natural in that game. But I don't think it relates to the first two. I think they played the second half well. Okay. I think they came out, kept the ball. They kept probing for a second goal, made, you know, with a little bit more cautiousness. But and then, uh, and then as the game went on and there was less time in the game, there's obviously less time for Iran to score. Uh, and we knew this. Uh, I kind of felt this was going to happen, actually. So, But made for a great game, you know, made for a great game. We're going to get to Saturday's opponent here next, but coach, just quick thoughts because on that same video where you see the team just celebrating coming back to their team hotel, it was notable and noticeable rather. Only one player was not all smiles and congratulatory, and that was Reina. Yeah. Didn't get in the game. I texted you immediately when I saw that. I sent you the video on Twitter yeah. and I'm like, what man? He, I mean, it, it. I think it speaks volumes. I mean, he was. He was just looking straight down. Literally, the only player in the team not smiling. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, you never want to be happy by not playing, but you want to be happy for your team, even if you're not playing. I mean, any player that's happy not playing is, especially one of his caliber. Um, it, it, you know, isn't the type of player you want. So, but like, I, I'm not sure that he knew what his role was going into the World Cup. Because if I had even explained what his role was, I think he'd enjoy it a little bit better. Um, maybe it was, and he just doesn't accept it. Um, but the, at the end of the day, you can't you can't criticize the coach because he's he's got the team there. The team's got there with the players they've used, and this is real success for the United States. The objective one was to get to the World Cup finals. The objective two was to get to the second round. Now the next one is step by step. Can we get to the quarter? Yeah. Can we get to the semi? And um, he's going to have to accept his role because they've been successful. So, but you know, to, not to be happy for not playing is individually that's one thing. But you probably should be enjoying the team's success. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, I get it. I've been there, so I, I know what it's like. But um, you know, injuries happen. You never know what the coach is going to do next. Maybe it's a different. You know, against home that he may feel that he needs to play Rainer. But uh, I would be disappointed for him because I think coming into the World Cup, he feels he's one of the better players. And, uh, and he's not contributing. And the substitutions that are being made, he's not first off the bench. You know, he's making other tactical substitutions. So he's probably having a frustration. But the real thing is, it, it, like behind the scenes, the coach should be talking to him. And I'm sure he is. And say, look, this is the role. This is where we're going. 
this is where you fit in, this is how it's going to work, you know. Um, and and that, that you need that understanding as a player, or you feel lost. He looks like he feels lost in his role, put it yeah. that way. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's get to Saturday, 9 a.m. here, local time. The Netherlands, uh, the Dutch are the eighth-ranked team in the FIFA rankings by comparison the U.S. by what I'm seeing was 16 going into this. So yeah. um, they're pretty good, though, right? They won Group A. What do you think of them, and what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for the U.S.? Scoring goals. I think um, scoring goals for the U.S. is a problem. I think the Dutch are, you know, very well put together. They always have been. And um, they play very well. Obviously got very good players all over the field. Experienced players all over the field. But I do believe the USA has a chance in this game. They've not been giving up goals to the USA. They didn't give one up to England. Um, England would be considered probably better than Holland right now. And they're right in that game. Now, this this one is a single elimination game, so it will be different from the second game of a bracket. Um, but they have, if they play it carefully and they're very, very tight defensively, and they, I, I do believe they'll need to play on the counter-attack in this one. But um, but if they do that, they they have every chance of moving on. You know, it'd be nice if Holland showed up and had a little bit of a bad day, and, uh, and we had a great day. You know, you always tell I me mean, you would like that to happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. There's a spirit in that American team that I haven't seen for a long time. I think they believe in what they're doing right now. They work off the ball very hard for each other. They're a very hard-working team. And um, they seem to know what their potential is and what their capacity is as a team. And the thing about it for me is you've got to score a goal to win a game. Um, so, and, and that's why Pulisic is, is very, very important. But the balance of the rest of the team is pretty good. So I, I would give, you know, obviously Holland's going to be the favorite going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe we have a chance in that one. I do believe we have a chance. Uh, France lost today to Tunisia, one nothing. Australia over Denmark, one nothing. Poland, Argentina coming up at one o'clock. Also, Saudi Arabia and Mexico mm-hmm. coming up at one o'clock. What do you think of those games? Yeah. Well, first of all, going back to the Australia Denmark game, you just asked me about, you know, um, about America, you know, the USA playing Holland. Well, there you go. Uh, that, that, that's a game that Denmark had to win. Um, and they lose to Australia 1-0, which no one would have ever thought that would happen with the players that Denmark had. And, um, so that can happen for us on, uh, on Saturday as well. And we're seeing these examples, um, of big results, um, and upset results happening all across the World Cup. So, again, that's more motivation for the USA in this game. Um, I still think Argentina's going to go on a run uh, and start getting better and better uh, as they move forward. So it's, it's going to be an interesting game to see how they, how they perform today. And, um, yeah, no, look, it, it, it's great. Like, France France was shocked today by Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you say that France put it, you know, they, they made nine changes before the game, but... The nine changes they made could probably play in any other World Cup team that's out there. <laughs> you know, the players that didn't play in the first game. So, so, um, so that's a really, really big victory. And, and there's no way that France wanted to lose to what is an arch rival, you know, uh, which Tunisia is. So, you know, these are all indications. It's been a fantastic World Cup. I think the rest of the world is catching up with the best teams in the world, really. Um, and they're performing at those levels. And, um, I just think, uh, I, who knows what's going to happen? You know, as I said, you can look at some of these these, these results and go, you know, everybody's got a chance these days because some of, some of the weaker teams have been getting great results. You know, so yeah. uh, really excited about it. Um, can't wait to see what Argentina produced 
because I think when they produce at their best, and I think they will gradually get better as it goes along, um, they should, I think they'll roll back into being some kind of favourite. And then tomorrow, obviously, you know, everybody's looking out for the the Portugal game and, and, and the Ronaldo deal. And, um, you know, how far is he going to go with all the controversy that's been around him over the last two or three weeks? And then you've got Messi today, who obviously wants to crown his career by winning the World Cup. Yeah. And, and, um, and the same with, uh, the same with, the same with, um, Ronaldo. There's so many great stories around this World Cup. It's, it's, it's amazing right now. Well, U.S. are in to the knockout stage. It'll be Saturday against the Dutch, 9 a.m. Uh, local time. Kenny, I would say I would meet you somewhere. My kid's <laughs> birthday party, though, at 11. Oh, come so, on. Come on. I, Get your priorities <laughs> right. Get your priorities right. Well, huh? I can watch it on my phone. I can watch it on my phone. So I, believe okay. me, I already have a list of duties. Picking up the cake, the balloons. I, I got everything. Apparently, all, all he has to do is show up. So, Kenny Farrell, head coach of Ernie World is Jesper. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Take care. Uh, I appreciate it. We come back. Scott Prather in Lafayette. We'll talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. I'm Andre? Yes, Robert? Close your eyes. Okay. It's Christmas morning. Okay. The woman you love opens her eyes and gets out of bed. Okay. You bought her something from Ramsey's. Of course. What did you buy? Hi, Andre. Oh, hi, Lori. Close your eyes again. Okay. She gets out of bed. Okay. She goes into the kitchen to make some coffee. Yes. And when she reaches in to get the coffee. Yes. She discovers a tiny little Christmas gift. What is it? She slowly unwraps it. What is it? A spectacular pair. Yes. Of diamond stud earrings. Yes. And the coffee. Yes. The coffee does not get made for a while. Is that a true story? Yes, it happened last year to my friend Lisa. She told me all about it. Dreams come true at Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. On veterans between Bonneville and West End and Metairie. Meet Joe A, Hi. Joe B, Hello. and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with AutoSync. And Joe C's Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of FDIC. ESPN 100.3 and Penn Entertainment present Want to Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison. Each week, the professor and his guests take a look at the best bets in sports and show you that it doesn't take a professional odds maker to win a mint. Plus, the show will be coming to you live from Boomtown Casino on the West Bank. You can join in the fun, get in on the action, and have a taste of the Big Easy with Nola Steak and Executive Chef Lewis Brown. Want to bet with the Professor Nick Harrison? Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 FM. ESPN New Orleans. The deputies of the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season. By driving impaired, you endanger others as well as yourself. Designate a driver anytime you plan to drink. Have a safe and happy holiday season. From the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office. Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Welcome back. As always, we appreciate the time Mr. Scott Prather gives us over there in Lafayette. 
1033 What's up, sir? How are you? I'm doing good, Gus. How are you doing, man? I'm doing fine, man. I want to pass this along here as well. I hadn't had a chance to, but Willie Fritz, a day after informing the school that he's staying as Tulane head football coach, unanimously winning the coach of the year for the American Athletic Conference. Tajay Spears, the offensive player of the year. So their solid season continues. We had uh, Coach Dersarmo yesterday, sir, and the Cajuns getting their sixth win five straight years of going bowling. I know it's not the type of season they've had in the past, but it's not the same team that they've had in the past. Still good to continuously be going in postseason play, though, right? Yeah, I think you can. if you looked at the whole season in a vacuum, you'd be like, man, that's disappointing, right? I mean, there was big expectations, and if you kind of looked at it game by game and you looked at how they ended the year and really, you know, looked at what they lost, Right. I mean, over 10 months, you lost Billy Napier. Uh, you lost, you know, your defensive coordinator, your running back coach and great recruiter, your line coach, your strength and conditioning coach, your quarterback who played for four years, your leading tackler, uh, your, your, your best quarterback who's playing for, you know, uh, the Washington Commanders, your, your second lead rusher who went to Florida, your third lead rusher who went to TCU, and, you know, a number of guys that they went to LSU and, um, you know, all three or four, like four starting offensive linemen, one who started in Florida, the other who started for the New York Jets, and I could go on and on. They lost a lot, right? And I think looking back on it, when I talked to you before the season, my expectation was nine and three, and they went six and six. So it's disappointing in that regard, but my expectation wasn't because I thought that they were going to be, you know, better than last year. When we talked before the season, I said I just think that the Sun Belt, Sun Belt East Division, really isn't all that great, and so they'll be favored in a lot of games. Well, it, it was a little better than expected, and it took the Cajuns a little while to figure some things out. And you know, they they had a quarterback competition, and they split reps, and you finally found a starter, and he got hurt. So when you look at it as a whole. I think the fact that they're in a bowl game is great. You're going to have a lot of young guys with a chance to, you know, get those extra reps, get those extra practices. And you had a number of seniors who, you know, they, they, there's there's a few guys with some NFL prospects that are NFL prospects, but they want to play in this game. They wanted that 13th game in a big, big way. And I know Coach wanted it too. And you have an opportunity to finish with a winning record. So, um, you know, I think – if you finish seven and six and you're coming off of a bowl win, boy, it slaps a whole lot different going into the off season than if you were five and seven. Yeah, no doubt. I think one of the things that we've seen in college football this year around the state, man, is, uh, it, it, it just has some unique storylines and situations as well. You know, seeing what Tulane season's been like, I think LSU being ahead of schedule. We always talk about it, man. The state of football is solid. Look, I'm not forgetting over there across, uh, the Lake and Hammond, we talked with Frank Selfo on Tuesdays. They're into the second round as well. So it's fun to follow from the college standpoint. Man, I, I don't even know what to ask you when it comes to the Saints. Dennis Allen Ugh. saying it's a couple of plays away. It's not the quarterback. Got it. I mean, the ball hits the face mask on a tight end that's had a touchdown in five straight games. So Alvin Kamara, you know, I mean, he's had a game where he scores six touchdowns. Can't hold on to the ball. Um, the guy had two fumbles lost. In his first five seasons, yeah, he said, he said four this year. He had two on Sunday; they were crucial. Uh, Juwan Johnson had a bad game after he had been playing really well. You know the the difference between like I get the Edmonds shut out in twenty one seasons, mm-hmm. 
but it was like typically when you get shut out, there comes a point in the game where you're just looking at the clock and you're like, man, we just got to get out of here. Like, whatever. You're just almost going through the motions. I, you know, some would call it quitting. I'm not going to call it quitting. There was none of that Sunday. Right. I think that's why it was, like, so insanely frustrating. I mean, they played hard the whole time, especially the defense. But, you know, you get four tries from the four-yard line, you get zero points, you know. You, you couldn't catch a break. You played bad. Your good players made big mistakes. It was, it wasn't one of those losses that are like. At least I'm just speaking for me, right? Like, but I, I think as a whole, if you're a fan, it's not one of those losses that's going to like sit with you forever. The way the incredibly heartbreaking playoff losses do, whether it's the nefarious non-call or the Minneapolis miracle or Vernon Davis, what have you. But. Just from a sheer viewing experience, like during that window, I, I, I slept fine Sunday night. Let me tell you something. <laughs> from about 3.30 to 6.30, oh my God, I was trying so hard not to let the emotions of that game, you know, uh, affect how I was speaking to my kids and, and doing Christmas decorations. It was just like, I, I probably should have just turned the game off, but I didn't because it's my job and Listen, I'm not going to lie. Even if it wasn't my job, I probably still would have sat through that whole thing because I watch every Saints game. But it was it was as frustrating and miserable a viewing experience for a Saints game that I can remember, man. Honestly, yeah. I and, and that's the thing, Scott. Is how how do you take that? Right? How do you look at it moving forward? I I, I keep saying, as the season plays out, the answers will will become apparent. Does that make sense? Like if the team doesn't play hard, right. to your point, and yeah. Dennis Allen yesterday saying, hey, they're going to play their butts off. Uh, so if they don't play hard, that's kind of a line in the sand. That means maybe it's the locker room thing. It's, you know, if the quarterback, like I think the answers will be apparent the, 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 the Wednesday after the season ends and you and I talk as to what to do. Does that make sense? Like you're either bringing it back or you're making changes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to play itself out, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to think so. It's just weird that every now and then the team will just have a strong game. I mean, look, if they win money, I'll be shocked, but I'm not going to get overly excited either. I didn't expect them to win in San Francisco. I, I haven't really expected them to win for a while, and every now and then things kind of come together, and there they are. It's just so frustrating that they're, they're, they've been as, as bad as they are this season when they're playing in a division that has a chance, Gus. Realistically, this is not hyperbole. Mm-hmm. The 2022 NFC South has a chance to go down as the worst division in the history of the NFL. <laughs> even it, even it, worse it really than the year that the West looked I mean, that bad. Yeah, dude. So the West. I mean, you had a couple of seven nine teams. They were sure. awful, right? It, 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 if the division winner and the NFC South is seven and ten, and that's a that's a possibility. It's a distinct possibility. If they're seven and ten. And keep in mind, all these teams are playing one another, so that's six games against bad teams. I mean, that is, if you're 8-9, okay. I guess you could say, well, it's a losing record, but, you know, the teams with losing records have got in before. But if the winner of this division is 7-9, and nine, I think you can go ahead and crown it as, as the worst division in, in the history of the NFL, honestly. Because it's, it's that bad, man. It really is. Which is why it won't surprise me if the Saints actually beat the Bucks Monday night. But then they'd probably have a bye, and then, you know, for me personally, I just 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 beat Atlanta when you play. just beat the Falcons. Well, I guess they're playing on a Saturday now. Just win that game. I can at least hang my head on that. But as far as like 
Saints fans who continually kind of get reeled back in because the South is so bad. Well, the, to your point, <laughs> you said seven and nine, Scott. They're four wins right now. If they beat the three teams in their division, they'd be seven and ten. <laughs> if they lose the other games, but like I, 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 I it's it's so it, it's just it's been as, as frustrating a season as can be. Um, I, I don't a lot of talk about what do you do in the off season. We'll, we'll get to all of that, but I just it's it feels like this team is, if they take one step forward, they'll quickly take two steps back, and that's that's kind of been the theme this season. Unfortunately for the Saints, that's just the reality. Pelicans tonight taking on Toronto. It's a good team. Play good defense, good coaching. It's it's going to be a tough one. No CJ tonight. No BI tonight. You do get Larry Nance. No Najee as well. I thought a gutsy effort on Monday with all those players down. Zion's really starting to show a, a lot here, I think, as well, Scott, with what he's yeah. able to do, man. If you can just kind of keep surviving, it's crazy. He and B.I., I just looked at it, have played 15 games out of the 20 total. You still haven't had... A full week, really, I, I feel, of yeah. the starting five and every, you know, Jose being the reserve, you haven't, having the start and stuff. So I, I think there's so much more potential for a team that's currently third and West. In, in the difference, the difference between this team and years past is we're, we're still saying, man, I really hope they get healthy, but we're saying it in a different way. And what I mean by that is this in the, in the, this team arrives in New Orleans in 20, 2002. And, and you and I covered it back then, and we still cover it today, right? We've been through every one of these seasons, even the ones that were in OKC. They have never in the, in the last 20 years had the depth they have this year. It's the deepest team they've had. And what that's done is it's allowed them to continue to win games even when they're shorthanded, consistently win games against some bad teams. So when we're saying, man, we really hope they get healthy, it's because we all know that for this team to take the next step, and to me, you know, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. I just mean get out of the first round, build on something. And now, because if you get through this whole season, you get to the playoffs and you get bounced in the first round, I'm not saying you can't grow from that, but it's, it's not, it's not a big step from last season to this one. And I think you can beat teams that are mediocre or bad when you have a lot of depth and a lot of good players, but to, to ultimately win a playoff series and compete in, in, in the quarterfinals or the semis against another really good team in a seven-game series, obviously you need to have your core together. And CJ and B.I. and Zion need the reps together. It's not just about this team getting healthy because you're going to have better players out there because we've seen the few games where you have all three of those guys in, as well as Jonas, as well as Herb, as well as your whole bench. It's not like all of those games have been like, smooth and that's 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 actually i mean that's that's expected because they just don't have the reps you see the second unit getting there these guys the ball moves so well because they're, they're constantly getting reps they've gotten reps for years together right you have a lot of the same players on the roster from last year young guys getting better they play when all the guys are healthy we haven't seen it a lot and it's been at times a little herky-jerky and you know that the ceiling obviously is the potential ceiling is highest when right. all of those guys are healthy and playing together. And that's why I just hope they get enough reps and enough health to get some continuity so by the time February, March, April rolls around, 
they really understand and Willie really understands, okay, here's how I can work this rotation. Because right now he's having to tinker a lot of lineups. And you need CJBI and Zion together for a long stretch of games. And I think once you do that, you're going to see this team not just win more, but grow into a team where it's like, okay, a seven-game series, they can they can play with anybody Bingo. because Bingo. they have the talent at the top, they have the depth, and now they have the reps and continuity that, frankly, they just haven't been able to get yet because if one or if one guy's you know available, two aren't. If two guys are available, one of the other three isn't, and it's just it's kind of been like that for the majority of the season thus far. And I think you've been able to see already, Scott, as we close up with you, bud, um, that they can play multiple styles, right? They can play small, they can play big, they can play fast, they can play half court. And that's why I keep saying I, I love what Willie Green is doing. I love what this team's understanding here. It's not about the yes, it is standings and winning as many games in a regular season. It's about the postseason. And if you can build your team to where it doesn't matter who you play in that first round, that's awesome. Rather than having to adjust to a certain style, I think they can match teams no matter who, who they are so far. So it's it's exciting. It's early, but tomorrow's December 1st. Sir. Thank you for the time as always. I'll talk again next week, man. Looking forward to it, Gus. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Scott Prather, Scott Mimics, the way to follow over on Twitter, ESPN1033, the GOAT. When we come back, the professor has our question of the day. We'll chime in with him. You're listening to the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the king at 909-KING. LA20-11134. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries will offer new and renewal commercial fishing licenses and boat registration transactions here in Berg for three days only, December 12th, 13th, and 14th at 468 Texas Gulf Road. Save yourself a trip to Baton Rouge. Bring your personal check, cashier's check, money order, or cash December 12th, 13th, or 14th here in Berg for the new or renewal of your commercial fishing license and boat registration. Get all the details at wlf.louisiana.gov or call 225-765-2898. Lakeview Massage and Therapy is a must for recovery, getting rid of pesky pain, or to simply relax. It's part of Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic and Wellness, so this isn't a neon sign place. They have specialists performing work geared specifically to you. Rejuvenate with a 60, 90, or 120-minute session of Himalayan salt stone, injury and recovery, lymphatic detox, pre- and postnatal, post-mastectomy movement, traditional therapeutic massages, and ashiatsu. I've had that. You want to try it. Trust me. LakeviewMassageandTherapy.com for info where recovery meets relaxation. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation. 
on the Up Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline Friday night here in ESPN New Orleans. The 2022 non-select Division I semifinal football game, Westgate at Destrahan. Westgate 10 and 3, Destrahan 12 and 3, uh, 12 and 1 rather, sorry. Uh, pre-game 6.30, kickoff 7 o'clock. Jeff Boggs will have the play-by-play. Keith Hebert will have the sideline report for you. It'll also be streaming on ESPN1003.com and also the sister station will be having it. Kane 107.5 FM and 1240 AM and also streaming Kane1240.com as well. So, um, check that out. The other semifinal game is Zachary. They're nine and two at Rustin 11 and one. So that will be on Friday right here on ESPN New Orleans, Westgate and Destrahan. The professor, Nick Harrison, sir, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm looking forward to these, uh, semifinal games coming up this weekend. You know, I'm from the Ruston area. Ah, so I'm, in, yes. I, I'm very intrigued in that matchup. And uh, of course, the, the finals coming up next in, in just a couple, like a week or so is yeah. already that time, man. Brother, wow. Ma- Brother Martin's in the semifinal as well, man. So I'm following it again. I, I, the football though at this level at this time of the year with the, the teams that are remaining, they're all good. So I mean, yeah. it's all going to go They're down. all great teams. They're man. all going to go down in the fourth quarter. The talent level is incredible to look at too, man. How about that though, man? Yesterday was crazy right when we were talking with Willie Fritz. Uh, the, the reports are starting to come out that Georgia Tech was going to focus now on the interim coach. And look, if you've been following any of those reports, Nick, he wasn't the immediate first choice which leads you to believe. It's accurate when you read the Tulane statement yesterday saying that Coach Fritz informed them he's choosing to remain uh, with the Green Wave. Today, unanimous coach of the year, Tajay Spears. What a great story, man. Offensive player yeah. of the year. Uh, and you saw the last home game. They gave him the presentation. He's going to the Senior Bowl. And as Coach Fritz said, it, look, if you have a chance to go to the Senior Bowl and get drafted high, you got to go and do it. Getting an honor like that, offensive player of the year in your conference, that's going to help you and get a lot of teams to look at you. I already think the guy's going to make a roster. I, I just, I mean, you don't think you can use him here? He doesn't fumble. No, dude. It's, oh, here we go. No, here's the thing, man. I That's the frustrating aspect of it. You heard me talking about it with Scott. It, it's easy to say, hey, or see, that player isn't good enough. And is hurting you. The coach isn't it. But man, when you look at the Saints season so far, it's the guys that sell jerseys that haven't made the plays, you know? And, yeah. and then you add injuries. And James Hurst is sitting there saying, you know, finally week 12, we're, week 13, we're hearing accountability. He's like, well, we need to be accountable. And he was asked right. about penalties and he started by saying, well, we lose our focus. What? I'm like, I'm like, you know, I mean, like he's confused if it's a if it's a silent count or a heart, you know, a vocal. I'm like, oh, I mean, it, it's just frustrating because you don't. I don't know. Is that go to coaching? Is that go to players? Is it both? And why is it happening, Nick? I don't. I know. think it's there's enough blame to go around, and you use the word man because it's the same one. I, I want to say that Hurst used too. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to have all of these things happen and you can't really pinpoint a specific player, a specific thing. It's uh it's a handful of guys. You know, when when Alva Kamara is your your go to as far as, you know, being the team captain and being a leader, and then you look at back back at that San Francisco game, mm-hmm. and you know, he had that opportunity to get into the end zone and then fumble the ball on the one yard line. It's it's frustrating when your main guys 
when you were going into the season, you know, you looked at Alvin Kamara, you looked at Jameis Winston, uh, you looked at uh, Michael Thomas, and these were your guys that were going to be your stalwarts for this team. Michael Thomas is out. Alvin Kamara hasn't been able to produce really, especially in that San Francisco game where they had no run game at all. Right. And Jameis Winston isn't even on the field. Like it's and and the most frustrating part about it is you're four and eight. All of your main guys aren't doing what they need to do, and you're still in the hunt. You can still make the playoffs. It is the most heartbreaking thing. It's it's perfect for a Saints fan because that heartbreak (laughs) that you've lived with your entire life Uh, is right there on your doorstep to be yanked away from you like Lucy yanking the football away from Charlie. Oh, that's a good analogy. Maybe that should be our question of the day tomorrow. Give me a, a a a cartoon gif or something that reminds you what the season is like of hope. You're right. You're right. Lucy going, right. Just taking it right <laughs> away. Because it's you, right man. there it's because sad. it's our question of the day. Our question yeah. of the day is literally Lucy going, "Come on, Chuck. Here it is." And what is that right. question of the day? Question of the day for the day is: Do you think the Saints can beat the Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers in their upcoming matchups? Which the comment on Twitter, uh, like uh, our buddy Sean has already says, I can cross my fingers and hope. I have no confidence at this point, and that's a lot of that's a lot of Saints fans at this point. You can comment as well on our Twitter page at ESPN Radio Nola, or give us a call on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line at eight hundred nine nine eight one thousand three. And that's where a lot of people are right now, Gus. I mean, they they have. They they can hope all they want to, but you hope in one hand and poop in the other is basically going to give you about the same thing. <laughs> there, there are so many people that have no confidence in this team because they've given them no real reason what? to have confidence I mean, that, in them. That's just it. You, you found a new way to lose on Sunday because Scott's right. Scott's right. I, I didn't think it was a case of this team didn't play hard. It was just a, right. com- a, a comedy of errors. Like you have four tries from the four yard line. And you can't get it in. I get the 49ers defense is good, but you don't have to beat them at some point or you don't have to beat a team like that. And you know, look, I look at the remaining games, man. I don't, I, I'm telling you, I, that is, it, it, I don't, the spread might be 17 against the Eagles. I mean, <laughs> you do a show called what a bet. What, what is that spread against the Eagles on New Year's Day, sir? I mean, That's like definitely. That, now that's something that we're gonna have. the the one that's oh god that they probably won't set the the opening line on that one I don't know if it, it's even out yet but I can tell you right now if the season continues to go the way that it is I I put it like this it depends oh. on whether or not the Eagles have locked up their playoff oh, spot oh if Jalen takes a seat and all those guys because take a if Jalen doesn't play then that could play with the line but if all the starters play. Yeah. We're looking at like 13, 14, 15 points. We're going to talk to you again at 145, sir. When we come back at 145, we'll take a look at the college football standings here as well because you're going to do your show tomorrow, what a bet. And ESPN is saying there's not a lot of confidence that USC is going to win and a lot of other stuff. So we'll touch on that at 145. We'll see you in a bit. All right, man. Take care. When we come back, uh, we'll take your phone calls on the Upper Cervical Family Copracting Hotline, 800-998-1003 on ESPN New Orleans. Football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook.